Hello everyone, wherever you are in the world, welcome to another episode of Everything EPL, your one stop with the latest news and action in the Premier League. Uh, this is coming to you on Football Worldwide. Check us weekly for uh, Everything EPL and check us daily for content. Make sure to like and subscribe for the, ch- uh, for the channel and rate us if you're listening to this on audio on one of the platforms. I'm here with my good friend, Cayman. I'm sure he's not over the moon like last week, but he's pretty okay after Arsenal drove uh, Brighton this weekend. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. I haven't been sacked like Watford's manager yet. So, you know, I appreciate you bringing me back on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, we have a ba- a ba- like a packed show for you this, this weekend of the big game, Liverpool, Man City. They share a point. Arsenal grabbing a point from the top four contenders, Brighton, <laughs> as we can see. Man United, another home game without a win tied to Everton after having all the position in the world, probably. Uh, Leicester and the rest. Um, we're going to start right away at Anfield, right? This was an absolutely yeah, yeah end-to-end yeah. game came in, right? Like, it was oh, an end-to-end. I, I didn't yeah. know what to say, man. It was absolutely yeah. brilliant. I couldn't, like, it's two minutes where, like, both teams went for it at the end everyone wanted just the mm. three points like both both teams didn't care if they lost they just wanted the win so 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 t- tell me about how you're feeling at the end of the game when the game is finished are you like taking a breath like myself <laughs> yeah i need to get a glass of water at the end of it honestly no but i mean uh it yeah it's such a back and forth game um i actually saw at the end of the match Jurgen klopp said that you know we didn't really go out there and do everything we were supposed to and follow our game plan what, what do you think about that? It's like that opinion that he had towards Dude, me. to be honest, first 15 minutes, they pressed like crazy. The intensity from Liverpool, like, oh my God, they are on top of this thing. They're going to win it. They're going to like do that, what, what they did to City like three years ago. But then 15 minutes and then City, every time it was 15 pass, passes and then Liverpool get it, two passes, City get it back. Mm-hmm. And always City had that, 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 that free players, that extra player on the field and I felt like okay is, is someone hurt from Liverpool that can run and Foden getting on top of Milner three four times we're yeah, gonna talk dude. about the record later <laughs> but the first half yes I see the first half was absolutely it was dominant by by City mm. like Guardiola mm. did exactly in that last 30 minutes of the first half he did to to, to Liverpool what he did to Chelsea for the whole game last yeah. week right yeah 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 and no, I mean credit to Liverpool I think after halftime they came back for like a you know, clean it up a lot more. But yeah, no, I mean, the the 35-year-old left back fighting against, you know, one of the most promising young talents definitely did not work in Liverpool's favor for that first part of the game. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it was back-to-back. I think I had City as the better team overall, but to me, Salah was the best player out there all day. I mean, Salah's the best player in the world. What, what, what was that, man? Just tell me, how did he come up with this? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know what he was thinking. Like, come yeah. on, just give me a break. Like, you dribble, like, five city guys around you. He reminded me, like, I'm not just going to compare Salah to Messi. Mm-hmm. But but to be honest, like, he just pops up. Like, he did yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. what he did in Tottenham two years ago. You remember that goal? It was like, mm-hmm. he just does this thing. But yeah. But let me ask you something. Brilliant goals. Phil Foden, he was on top of his game, an assist to Kevin De Bruyne and a goal. Salah, an assist to Mane and a goal. It was like a battle between both. But to be honest, I came out of the game 
and I'm checking Twitter and I'm checking everything and everyone is just talking about one thing. And it was, it to be honest, it hurts. Like when a brilliant game like this and people are just talking about Milner should get a record. It hurts. Should he have gotten a record? Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think it, it's weird because like they didn't call it a red card because it's the second foul and the goal. I mean, and the the referee doesn't want to have that big of an impact on a game like this. I think is the reason why. But it's it's odd to me that it's not a red card because it's not a. It wouldn't been a, a yellow card because it would have given him a red card. If that makes sense. Yeah. But usually, it's like that's not at all how you should be thinking about it. But that, that that's my opinion. I don't know. What, what about you? Did you think it was a red card? Okay. If Okay, just let, let's put it by the letter of the law, it should be a yellow card. Yeah. Second yellow, he should be off. But hold yeah. on here, hold on. He had his back. Was was Bruno gonna go and score? Maybe like uh, uh, like it, it, it was it was it a goal scoring opportunity? Maybe would 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 we be t- talking about City one because of Milner got sent off because of just after the record, maybe. But to be honest, I don't want to stop a lot of this. It affected the game. It might have changed the course of the game. But how many times? I'm just, I'm not anti-City and I'm not anti-Liverpool. I'm not a fan of any of the teams. I have nothing w- for, for these two teams. But how many times we talk about, like, uh, uh, Fernandinho for City stopping an attack in the middle of the park last season and the season before, and he's not getting a yellow. And a lot of people talk about this. So, I'm just going to say it was a fair result for both teams. I think both teams deserve the point. None of them deserve to win. Maybe City had the better of the game, the, the 30 minutes of the first half, but Liverpool came on top the second half, and it shows by the amount of shots on target. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, these are the best teams. Now, I know that Chelsea are on top of the league right now, but these two are the best, in my opinion. What do, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I think... The thing that Thomas Tuchel does well is just adapting his play style to try to win on the day. And it kind of runs like an old school Mourinho where he's just going to tie all the tie or like lose to all the top teams, but beat all the lower teams and he's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you look at people just imposing their philosophy and just just absolutely tearing through teams. It's Liverpool and it's it's Man City, you know, and they've, they've shown it time and time again. I actually thought that uh, Liverpool might have gotten the dub today just because they, they always seem to be Man City's kryptonite, you know, at least in, in past seasons. But, you know, fair enough to Pep going out here and coming with a great strategy and exposing Milner for the first however you know long of the game. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to be honest, man of the match for me would go absolutely to Salah just because of the goal yeah. and the assist. However, I wanna like say that Rodri today was absolutely phenomenal, oh, really? phenomenal. That save on Fabinho, yeah, that w- when Ederson was in no man's land, was absolutely fantastic. To be honest, it's just like mm. it saved the game for them, in in my opinion. But I, I just have to say that it was a fair result for both teams and. The win now. Now the international break is is here. Now they can gather, and I think it's just it is. It's a fair result for both teams, and uh, people have to move on because Guardiola is going to keep talking about the Milner incident for the rest of his life, probably. Oh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> we know that's going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving to uh, Old Trafford, man, it's just another disappointing result for Man United. Um, mm. I think, in my opinion, and I watched the game, it was the earlier game here in the United States. 
they did not create enough chances to win the game. And Rafa Benitez had a lot of injuries, but it looked like he was more prepared for the pressure than Man United prepared for Everton to sit back. It's To me, it looked mm. like Man United were not expecting Everton to sit back. As What, what are they going to do? Uh, it's only like, it, does he like know like what is coming? Because it, it feels like it's not like that Manchester didn't come to the game with like the right plan. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think I think Solskjaer just got it all wrong on tactics today. It's like you were saying, like he was not prepared for Everton to sit back, which I don't know what you were expecting Everton to do against with all the in injuries, right? With yeah, all the injuries, yeah, exactly. Like. And I mean, they they're always wanting to look on the counterattack. That's why they picked up guys like Townsend. But but speaking of that, um, you know, Townsend bags himself another goal today in the 60 minute. And there's been a lot of controversy over his signing. You know, was it a good signing? This dude's on the tail end of his career. And I was kind of wondering, like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think Townsend was a great signing for Everton? Has he not proven himself yet? Okay, Townsend is someone who's going to run the whole game. And he's going to get you five goals a season or six goals a season. And might be five assists. So he's good enough. They have Rich Olsen, They have Carver Lewin. And they have Damari Gray is great. So oh, they man. have... They have they have good players. So Townsend is a great signing. Mm -hmm. He was very cheap for them, and I think, in my opinion, he's just somebody that added to the squad, and he's not just a dead weight that was added there. He added something extra to the squad, and it showed in the last two three weeks. It showed what he can add to the squad when other people are injured, and there is something it's people don't see it, but you see it. When people get when, when players get injured and you have to fill in your squad with someone who is not a starter and they actually perform brilliantly, like what he did. I want to ask you something else. Uh, why Man United keep insisting that we don't want to sign a defensive midfielder? The goal that Townsend scored, Fred could not tackle Damari Gray, who is physically supposed to be weak. I don't want to say weaker, a little bit less physical player mm -hmm. than Fred, who is on paper supposed to be the defensive midfielder, yeah. but he is not. I keep calling this every time. They need a defensive midfielder, the likes of Rodri, the likes of Fabinho, mm -hmm. the likes of, like the likes of Kante, the, the, the mm -hmm. people who break the play when mm -hmm. the other team is on the counter. Mm -hmm. Fred and McTominay, they can do that. Why do you think that happened? How do you think they trust Fred that much? Why? Um, I mean, he... I, th I think he has improved um, over when they they first got him. That being said, I don't think he's improved enough. I think it really just comes down to um, the plan they had in place almost seemed to be like they were expecting Pogba to leave earlier than he has. And, you know, you look at signings like Van de Beek, who's more of a box-to-box -box midfielder. and But Van de Beek couldn't get in the lineup, right? So then Pogba sits more as an attacking player right now, kind of off to the side. He's not doing any of the defensive work that you typically have in a double pivot. So then you just end up having... McTominay and Fred. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not good enough. But I, I think yeah. it's just because this plan almost didn't happen the way they, they wanted it to. But that being said, I mean, Ole's supposed to be able to deal with this. He's been dealing with these two midfielders for however length of time, right? Two and a half but, years now. Or three yeah, years. It's, and if you're, if you're a manager, you learn to get the best that you can out of your players, right? And it I'm seems sorry. like he has these players doing 
way too much past their ability and capacity. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think on that? I mean, do you think that he's it, it's a managerial problem? Do you think that it's something to do with you know? He's not a defensive business? midfielder, Cayman. He's not a defensive midfielder. It's as simple as this. But to be honest, Alex Ferguson worked with Darren Fletcher, who people think is an amazing player. He made mm-hmm. him that good. And people think Oli is, as you said, oh, he worked for two and a half years with them. With them. He should be, they should be better. McTominay is a, a very good player, box-to-box midfielder. But again, we, they, need, they are one player away from having a great squad. Mm-hmm. The goal they score, even Martial, who his body language does not look like he's interested in the game, scored a brilliant goal, right? Yeah. One defensive midfielder that will break the play when they're all going forward and Manchester United have a, a squad that is as compared. And I think that's why people don't take them as title contenders because of games like this, because of mm-hmm. games like Aston Villa, mm-hmm. where, where like it, it's just so strange that... And I don't know why people can't see this. They need a defensive midfielder, a clear one. Like, just go yeah. invest 30, 40, 50 million mm-hmm. in a defensive midfielder instead of getting Jaden Sancho, who is not even playing great. I know it's yeah. one for the future, but for yeah. now, get, get somebody today. Like, get somebody that will make you competitive today. I know that they're still 14 points, but... That's not enough. It's not, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's... They could have won the Aston Villa game. They could have won the Everton game yeah. if they have someone who will break the play. That, that is just my opinion. And I want to talk... I don't want, I don't want to piss off Everton fans. I want to talk about Everton a little <laughs> bit, to be honest, because absolutely, this team is exceeding expectations with Rafa Benitez oh, yeah, this year. Absolutely. They're playing really well, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think, I think they're playing great. I think Damari Gray has been so good for them, which I... Who would have thought that? I think they, were, they had a couple of smart signings uh, in the summer window. These kind of like aged out players. Rondon and Rondon and, and yeah. Rondon is Rondon is great, man. Rondon is yeah. Is I mean, what a, what a snag, right? From the Chinese yeah, but, league, like who would have thought that would yeah, happen? But, but no, like, but like these are like some smart signings to kind of hold them yeah. over. And I mean, they're, they're playing good soccer for the most part. I mean, he's used to the counterattack style. They're doing it. I think Townsend was such a good pickup, personally. Because you look at how he played in Crystal Palace and the amount of just yards this dude carried the ball. Like, he, the, he's in the perfect side for him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I, I think Everton's, like, they're just exceeding their, their plans super well. And, I mean, shout out to Pickford. He had, some, he had some good saves on the line today, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite part about Pickford, too, is that he he'll do a great job. He'll just like make a good save and just look absolutely pissed to just play and do his job. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's talking to the defense as they should. Nobody should have taken yeah. a shot on me. Yeah, Nobody yeah. should have crossed the ball. Uh-huh. I should not make a save the whole game. But yeah, I get it. I get it. I think for does this. And I think it's part of his character. It's part of his character. Well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think Everton is doing well do you think they're good enough uh, in my opinion the two that the two teams that can finish we're going to talk about this next week when we talk mm. about the wrap-up for like the last seven games and i think everton okay they started really well last season who knows yeah. if they can continue like this but everton and west ham to me they're going to finish let's say fifth and sixth that's how i see oh, it wow, okay that's how i see it to be honest okay. but let's move on to uh Stanford Bridge, I'm just, did you, I like, I'm, I'm going to say something. If it wasn't for the red card, 
Chelsea maybe wouldn't have won the game. Yeah, I agree. You agree with this? Yeah, I do. I, I think okay. I didn't. I didn't think they played exceptionally well up until the red card. I mean, it, of course, things are going to start to open up afterwards after they're down a player, and I. Yeah. It's it's a red card for sure. Absolutely, um, absolutely. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not mean, questioning like, the red card. No, no arguments. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I do have to feel for Ward Press. They're both. It's he's trying to get the ball in a good position. They're both stretching for it. But yeah, it's a red card. What 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 picked up what 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 actually caught my my eyes this game is that Chelsea mm. did not allow Southampton to play from the back at all like at all like Hassan Hutton is a great uh-huh. manager and known for playing from the back and not clearing the ball and Chelsea mm. did not allow this but we need to talk about Timo Werner scoring like yeah. okay like to be honest he missed a couple of chances but McCarthy was amazing in goal for like Southampton mm. but mm. he should have scored another one at least but him scoring i think adds a lot to the chelsea squad yeah like I, he can score yeah I, I and i have to say i think there's a lot better connection between him and lukaku taking up good positions yeah and they're working off each other a lot better um what did and that you know given that one of his goals was disallowed what did you think about that did you think it was too late do you think that's fine that's just the system in place because there is some controversy about that. He's okay, man. He's. He, I think he's going to come out good for Chelsea. He's not going to be the top scorer for mm-hmm. Chelsea, mm-hmm. but he's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I just want to... One more thing. Uh, Loftus-Cheek started, and he looked like he slotted and he fitted oh, in yeah. right well in the middle. He was absolutely brilliant. Him and, and, and Shalabo, the, the Shalabo, the guy, took man of the match. He scored. He was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Loftus-Cheek, was absolutely world class in the game. He's great. Do you think he can start there? I'm sure Jorginho is like it's gonna start, but I think Loftus Cheek can take a lot off Jorginho's shoulders. Yeah, I mean they they just need numbers in the rotations in the middle. I mean, Conte is in his thirties now. You know what I mean? And then you've got yeah. an older squad, right? Jorginho's getting older, and like that's a lot of work you're asking them to do to start day in and day out yeah. in the middle of the field in the Champions League and the Premier League. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's good to have options in there. And like Kovacic is good too, but Kovacic's biggest strength is his carrying of the ball, right? And on the dribble. So it gives you options having another ball playing midfielder and they're like off his cheek. And if he keeps playing well, why can't he start, you know? Yeah, they grinded out this. To be honest, Chelsea grinded out that result. Yeah. It's it's it was just after the record, but then mm. we gotta have like the Shilwell goal was absolutely phenomenal. Like like oh, after yeah. like the two bars yeah. and him the finish on the yeah. volley, it was absolutely fantastic. But Chelsea, I think they are on the right track after mm-hmm. the loss. They needed this win after the last two men city and after the last midweek to Juventus. But I think it's very good to win before the international break to gather your thoughts when you're like on a high instead of like on a loss. So I think this is very good mm-hmm. for them. Southampton still without a win. I think they will be in the relegation battle because for some reason mm-hmm. it's not working for them. And if Hassan Hotel does not realize that playing a, an expensive football, a football that relies on having the ball and trying to pass the ball really well and playing like a big team, you might need to knock this off and just try to play compact and get the results and do do, do, do stuff like this. This is what I think. I think yeah. I fear for them. I like them and I fear for them. Yeah, I think I think the biggest reason why they're struggling is just because you're playing expansive football. 
which requires great players, and then your ball playing center back, you sell at the end of your transfer window, and then you sell your leading goal scorer. So it's just, I, I don't know what they were expecting to get out of this. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the way they play football, and I, but I do think, you know, credit to them for making it a grind for Chelsea for the first part of it. But no, no I just, I wanted to talk about this. It was, it was talked about um, Timo Werner's disallowed goal that would have brought Chelsea up earlier um, was disallowed because of a, an earlier foul. But there was a lot of time that passed. Yeah, but I think it was what a did, foul. If, 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 yeah. if Aspeliquera does not foul Kyle mm. uh, 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 Walker there, it wasn't going to be a goal, right? Like, And he fouled him. It was clear and obvious error. This foul should have been picked up. The ball mm. stopped. The ball is never there. And it, 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 it was not another phase of the play. They just... And he's a defender, so this is my opinion about this play. If this was a foul somewhere else in the in the, in the on the field and it was not picked, it's mm -hmm. not a clear and obvious error. But if it's part of your defense and they didn't have a chance to reset, I think it's a clear and obvious error. And this is just it's as simple as this. And it's just my opinion about it. Yeah. I'm not that referee. And at the end, I think they made the right decision. A lot of Chelsea fans, they don't think mm -hmm. they made the right decision, but they won the game. Yeah, of Maybe. course you would. <laughs> and that's that made it much easier for the press yeah. and and Ugh. Chelsea. Uh, I'm gonna move to the yeah, Amex to, to to Brighton, Arsenal. There is zero zero. I don't know if we should talk about. I know you're an Arsenal fan. I'm not sure if we should talk about it or not because <laughs> it had nothing. But is tell me tell me how you felt during the game when you were pressed for 90 minutes. Yeah, you had I mean, one clear chance, but that's it. I think we were missing a little bit of experience in the midfield um, with Sambi in there instead of having Jaka. That being said, though, I think Arteta just got beat on tactics today. I mean, I think Grand Potter's high press was just executed so well. Guys like Tommy Asi were confused out there, didn't know what to do. And, you know, as soon as he gets the ball, you've got that um, left winger for Brighton who was – man of the match for me that dude was fantastic yeah. just on you as soon as possible no and i mean like arsenal had good spells where they were able to get past like the end of the first half end of the second half but i, I think brighton were the better team on the day they executed their plan better and um i mean all all, all credit to grand potter and his boys i mean i think they just outplayed so honestly i think i think arsenal was lucky to get away with a point that game i mean shout out to brighton's abysmal finishing abilities absolutely have, yeah yeah I mean, they have, they had, one, have zero shots on target they had two shots on target out yeah. of 21 shots which yeah. is absolutely like, yeah and i i think arsenal had some good chances i mean emil smith row on the counter was it was a great little chance where we yeah. Could the goal, yeah maybe on another day he would have scored it and we, he, arsenal would have won the game and arteta would have come out as a genius yeah right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but no i mean like i think it's a very young squad that, that we have here and i think expecting them to play as good as they did in the london derby you know the north london derby every single game is is, is a hard leap to expect right away but um i think there's there's bright spots there's definitely progress being made and ramsdale continues to be impressive i mean oh, you yeah. have to make too many saves but the saves he did were incredible yeah, I, I think Arsenal, it's very good that, 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 that the international break is here. But uh, to be honest, 
I still don't think they are as great as what we saw in the London Derby, in the North London Derby. They are, I think they won the game based on energy and Spurs being absolutely horrific on the day that last week in, in the London Derby. But otherwise, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see, but it's not half the season yet, but I, I think if, if, if Arsenal finish top eight, I think this is good enough for them. This is what I think. And Brighton, if they keep this intensity, I think they're going to be okay. They're going to finish top half of the table. And mm-hmm. Grand Potter, I think, will get a better job. Maybe he will be on the Spurs bench next year. It now, moving to, <laughs> moving to Spurs, it's a very important victory for them, for Spurs. Uh, it was, even though they were on top the first half, I think it was poor performance for them. I think it's, it was a turnover that Hoiberg got the goal. Like he got it from John McGinn in the middle. Otherwise, I think Aston Villa were on top during the whole half. Yeah. Uh, it's the second half was much better from Spurs, which is a good sign that, and I think Nuno Espirito Santo got got something good second half. They got it going. They started mm-hmm. creating chances, and like to be honest, like for them. They had a bad defending in Watkins. Eric Dyer assumed that it was offside, but it wasn't. But Sun, individual brilliance, got them back after th- uh, three minutes, and then they saw out the game. Uh, I want to highlight one thing. Harry Kane missed a one-on-one, and that's a second week in a row because he missed one against... Mm-hmm. Harry. That last year's Harry Kane would have scored these two while he was asleep, to be oh, honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, to be honest, it would have been so different. Uh, do you think Spurs, it's a very good for them that they won, but I don't think they performed good. So, so what, what, what do you think Spurs, what's the plan? Um, I think they're trying to implement a more counterattacking football style. I think that's what their manager is going to bring them. But it seems that he's almost trying to implement a more free-flowing style with the personnel that he, he's, he's putting onto the field, you know what I mean? Like with guys like in Dombele and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just tough because for a good counterattacking side, you need to have good, hardworking defending units. And you do not get that with Spurs back line and a lot of their midfield options besides Hoiberg. I mean, that dude's, Lockdown for the most. No, but they say Oliver Skip is a great, but I don't. Yeah, think... Oliver Skip is great too. It's yeah. good. He, okay, he's good. He's not great. People talk about. I, I, think, he, I my... think he's. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a good little player. I think he, he he does well. But not not good enough to be a Spurs. To be honest, to be a starter for Spurs, he's similar to Harry Wings. They're not good enough to start for Spurs. Maybe later, Skip will be great, but I don't think this year. They, they, they need better options, but they don't have. And they have to work with what they have. I think Eric Dyer may be starting the midfield and they have somebody else in the back when 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 people are, are, are back like Romero and, and, and Sanchez in the back is better, maybe. You think, but, you, th- you think Eric Dyer in the midfield? It's just the experience. Oliver Skip seems to like have a lot of energy, but sometimes mm. you need that experience to lead the other players around you. And I don't think they need somebody next to Hoiberg because now Hoiberg 
Today he scored. He's trying to do the offensive part, which is in Dombele didn't do at all today. He did like a couple of step overs in his yeah. place and then went back, mm. which was very strange. Like he is a brilliant player, but I don't uh, know why he's not playing anymore. He has no energy. Uh, I would I would prefer Lacelso over him to be honest as mm. a number ten. Mm-hmm. But Hoiberg, he needs someone to cover him. And I think Oliver Skip is good, but I don't think he is good. It's just my opinion. He might be a good prospect, but is he a good starter for Spurs? Maybe not. And Aston Villa, I just want to talk about Aston Villa. They are, Dean Smith set them, set them up really well. They actually played really good. They just yeah. didn't get the result, which sometimes mm-hmm. happens against bigger teams. And Spurs mm-hmm. is a bigger team. Aston Villa playing away. They got they got done by an individual brilliance yeah, Sun, from yeah. Sun, to be honest. To be yeah, honest. I agree. Uh I'm gonna we're gonna end part one here. We're gonna start part two in the London Stadium. Hey, welcome to the second part of the uh, uh everything EPL. Uh we're gonna start right away. Second part of the London Stadium, West Ham, Brentford. Okay, so Brentford, they had Liverpool. West Ham, Chelsea, and Leicester, and everybody, when they won against Wolves, everybody said it was great that they won because they have really tough four matches. And as of at this moment, they got four points out of six mm-hmm. against Liverpool and West Ham. It was an absolutely a brilliant game. I know that David Moyes said, I don't know how we lost. They had tons of chances, West Ham, but I think Brentford was absolutely brilliant. What do you think? No, I mean, I think Brentford keeps just showing their ability to get people forward. It's like, I've been saying this all the time, man. They're just literally Leeds 2.0. It's just like Leeds with a better defensive system. And um, their ability to convert off of free kicks and dead ball situations is the best I've seen in a while. I don't think anyone's done it as consistently, not even like Burnley, right? So like, yeah. it's, it's, it's impressive what they're able to do, especially with the wages that they have. I think their front pairing has just been incredible. Um, they play really well off the ball and on the ball. I mean, like when they when they have possession too, they're also brilliant. Um, it, it seems like every game that they're going to be in there is some dramatic, you know, final minutes game, and uh, that's really interesting. I don't know what, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, is it sustainable for them to have to get a goal in overtime every single game they play? So someone said something about Brentford, and I believe it. Brentford are going to get enough points to be safe before the break, before the, mm. the first half of the season. And I think this is what's important this season. Maybe it's not going to be sustainable the next half of the season, the second half of the season, but they're going to have enough. They're going to have enough to be safe and when, without looking at the, uh, like the mirror to look behind them. So they're going to still play really good second half. Maybe they're not going to get the same results, but I think they're going to be just okay if they keep doing this just the first half of the season because they're going to get enough. Brentford now have 12 points from 21 available. I think some teams don't get that in the first 15 games. Yeah. Right? And I think this is impressive from them. Mm -hmm. I think... Brentford are going to be okay. Now, West Ham, on the other side, I still think, no matter what, they actually showed enough character they can compete for top six. Easy. They have the, a really good squad. And, and the second half, they pressed like 
maniacs. It was going forward with eight players, leaving Ivan Tony in the back by himself with two defenders. It was mm -hmm. it was great to watch. It was a great watch for anybody that didn't watch the game. Go watch the highlights. It was just great. Yeah. Uh, great goals too. I mean, yeah. Bowen, Bowen's uh, goal. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah. And I forget the the name of the player. On the Brentford squad, but he he actually scored the the late equalizer against Wessa. It's called yeah, Wessa. Yeah. yeah Hopefully he can earn himself, you know, into maybe more of the starting lineup if he keeps well, coming off the bench doing that. Yeah, yeah. If if you can, dude, if you come off the bench and keep doing this, I think just stay on the bench. Yeah, maybe pull a Giroud. All right, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. I think they're gonna be. I think both teams are gonna be fine. I think West Ham, they're still playing. They're playing like a top six team, to be honest. Maybe mm -hmm. they're they're not. Like they only have 11 points, but I think they're playing like great. Yeah. Uh, another part of London, Crystal Palace, Leicester City. That was a cracker of a game. Yeah. 2 0 first half out of two turnovers. Mm -hmm. Anderson trying to dribble Anacho, brilliant finish from Anacho, while Crystal Palace were all over Leicester City. Mm -hmm. Another mistake, another turnover. Harvey Barnes to Jamie Vardy, who Slided in near post, absolutely brilliant. But then second half starts and Crystal Palace, dude, they were all over Leicester City, yeah, yeah, left, were. right, yeah, until they, they got it 2 2. And I think they might have deserved the three points, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I really do think that Crystal Palace was the best team overall, but it's, it's, you know, they're a young team, right? So they're, they're coming into this season, they're learning to play together. And I think mistakes like what happened today leading the two goals are just going to happen. It's just what happens when you have this young of a team learning a new system, right? That being said, though, um, definitely saw the cracks in Leicester's defense again. You know, yeah. Lose, get, losing your lead of a 2-0 in the course of a second half to have to tie. It's definitely not a, the result that, you know, they were looking for. And I, I think it's it's going to be a problem for them the entire season if this keeps up. What, Even though they signed Vestergaard. I thought Vestergaard would have elevated them, but I mm. think people said it. It's Sionjo have been found out, I think. it's For some reason, he's not yeah. doing great, and I yeah. don't know why. But to be honest, I, I feel like I want Leicester to do good because I think they have a really good squad that mm -hmm. on paper, and I keep saying it, and me and you said it last year, it's the fifth best squad in the league, mm -hmm. but they're not. They have eight points out of twenty-one. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. But yeah. hats off to 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 Patrick Vieira, mm -hmm. who I admire as a player. I hope he does good as a manager. The, he is two draws, not bad. They play Arsenal next. Who yeah, knows what's going to happen? It's going to be a battle, right? Yeah, it's going to be tough having to to root against Patrick Vieira like him. Yeah, I know. I know how it feels. Uh, okay. One of the five teams that didn't have any wins before this week, Leeds United, they grabbed their first win against Watford. Yeah. And Watford manager sacked for some reason, even though they didn't play bad. I yeah. don't know why he sacked, man. They, they were actually not bad at all. It's, it's the, just it's, Leeds were absolutely Leeds. It was Leeds of last season. It's the Watford way, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you can make it more than yeah, and Matt, you fire the manager who brings you out of the championship into the Premier League and has a fine record at the start of the season too. 
Yeah, he's not like he, he won a game. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like dude, just just keep him, keep him working. What, who, and who do you think you're going to bring? You're going to bring Antonio Conte to manage right. Watford? That's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah. Also, the guy, what manager wants to go and work for Watford if you know you're about to get sacked in three yeah, months? Yeah. yeah, but talk about Leeds, man. They were absolutely, they had everything in this game. They had position, shots, shots on target, chances created, everything. It's yeah, their I first think, win of the season and it was great. I'm not going to lie. I think shots on target is a little bit misleading in this game. Um, I thought they were messing up so much of their, their final chances. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't think it was particularly great defending that stopped them from converting a lot of their goals. I think Leeds does this time and time again where they just get into such great advanced positions and they just cannot finish. And, you know, like, they relied on a goal from one of their center backs off of a scrappy set piece. Mind you, great finish. But, yep, you know, it was a great finish, though. Yeah, yeah. And if you're relying on that, you know, to, to win a game against a newly promoted team like Watford, who are doing fine but not amazing, I think it's it, it's troublesome, right? So, I mean, not to say – I mean, Leeds did what Leeds do. That build-up, fantastic. Possession was good. Um, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't concede. Which is which is all they're hoping for, but I'm just I'm just wondering if maybe that final product missing sometimes is going to be a problem for the rest of the season. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think they're going to be fine. I think Rafinha is going to be is going to come out good. I think Patrick mm. Bamford when he's mm. back is going to be good. But I yeah. think I think Leeds are going to be fine. Okay, for 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 all the Leeds people, they're mm. not going to fight for relegation. I don't think. It's yeah, gonna yeah. Happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Another team that's going to definitely fight for relegation. And might be the next manager to get sacked, Steve Bruce from Newcastle, who lost to Wolves to one. M- so mind Wolves- you, mind you, the two goals that Wolves had, fantastic goals. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, no, continue. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, I think uh, I actually wanted to ask you, you know, Jimenez, is he back? Is he, he back to assi- his old he ways? Had, he has two assists, which is. It was it was it was a really good performance from him, like like mm. last year and the year before, like the year before last year before he got injured. Mm-hmm. But what what I want to say is that, yeah, Wolves they actually got two wins in a row now. They climbed the table a little bit. It's very good to end uh, uh, on a win before the international break. They are on the rise. They face Aston Villa coming and uh, in uh, after the international break. But it was just a good industrial performance from Wolves. They earned the three points and they deserved it. Two goals from the South Korean, He Chen, two assists from Jimenez is actually very good for the squad. Adama Traore is not getting a minute right now. He got in in the 89th minute, which is not normal, but fine. If they win, they win, right? Like, who cares about Adama Traore? He's a great player. He's very enjoyable, but who cares? But let me ask you something. Steve Bruce is trying to play attacking football but he's not getting the result. If you yeah. were a Newcastle fan, would you want to go to like last season, play defensively, and at the end of the season, you're safe in the 12th place, or you want to keep playing attacking football and not getting a result? I don't. I don't know what Newcastle fans want. If I'm being honest, because they, they, you know, they, they did fine last season, um, and and they're all yelling at Steve Bruce to lose his job because it's boring football. And then he's like, "All right, well, maybe I'll listen to the fans, and I try to play creative, and then." You know, it's not going to work. He doesn't have the budget. He doesn't have the backing. And that's just never been his managerial style. Um, yeah. I think, I think you know, that if Newcastle fans want them to be more progressive, 
he's going to have to go. But it's, you know, I, I feel for his situation because I don't like I don't I don't think there's a good solution. But I don't know. What do you what do you think there? I think he's going to be gone. I think yeah. Mike Ashley is finally going to crack and he's going to be gone and they're going to hire somebody else. But they're still going to struggle. Yeah, I do have to say, <laughs> I, I do have to say, I, I got to feel bad for St. Maximum on the day. I mean, he was brilliant. He's always brilliant. He's always brilliant. He's always yeah. fun to watch. It's yeah. just, it's, I don't know why Newcastle, like, it's, it's, I feel, I feel his pain sometimes. He wants mm. to play, he wants to win, but the team is not helping. Yeah. Maybe the manager is not helping. Well, I mean, you okay. look like their, their leading striker is injured. And yeah. The replacements are not nowhere near the caliber he know. is playing the top striker right now because joel linton is playing on the left and almiron is playing on the right and mm -hmm. it's a mess but i'm not sure i think this is the season where they're gonna drop i think i think so yeah, in I my agree. opinion i, I think, think so. so another game that i'm not sure there was nothing there burnley norwich it was yeah it, it was really hard to watch mm -hmm. I had it on another screen. It was really hard. It, yeah, was really, yeah. it was really hard to watch. It's I know Burnley created a couple of good chances. They mm. were on top, mm. but Norwich winning their first point of the season. But I think these two teams, if they if if Norwich doesn't change dramatically, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be good for them coming the end of the season. I think I think they're gonna be maybe maybe they're gonna be like the first team the earliest relegation in the history of the Premier League or something if they keep playing like this as of Burnley another get another week without a win if you're not gonna win against Norwich who are you gonna win against I'm sorry yeah. this is, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. It, it was no offense to Norwich they were brilliant last year they won the championship mm. but they are playing like horrific football I I, I want to push on back on that a little bit I mean I think their possession is really good at times. I think their build-up and ability to play through a press is impressive. But, yeah, I mean, their defensive shape is is all sorts of horrible. I mean, constantly they concede and constantly they're left exposed. But there are bright spots, right? Like, they, I feel like every time I talk about Norwich, I'm thinking about all these, like, bright young players they have. Like, one that comes to mind is, like, Max Ahrens. I mean, that dude, incredible little player. And I think he's going to get himself a move somewhere else when they drop down again. And I think that's what I'm, I'd be worried about with Norwich because they seem to almost have this strategy of coming to the league, getting relegated, but they're still like slowly building their squad and adding new additions and players. But I, I you know, every time you go down, there's an opportunity for people to poach your squad. Yeah, but uh, we're talking about them as they went down, but they haven't yet. Maybe they're going to pick it up. I doubt it. Yeah, but they I'm, might. Lister, Lister did this six years ago. Yeah, sure. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, the international break is coming. I, I want to ask you a question. Who do you think are the teams that need this international break? And who are the teams that are not happy that this international break is here? Um, hmm. Okay. So I think Manchester United really needs this international break. I, I really, I really think they do. I think the tactics have started to go wrong. I think um, there's definitely fan frustration. I think you need a cool two weeks to maybe get the fans a little bit more back on your side and to relax and really just hone in on the game plan. I think Arsenal probably needs the break right now too. We've been building a decent amount of momentum, but um, 
you know, given the fact with our last performance tying to Brighton and there's still some areas that need to be improved, I think this gives us a little more time to be working on those things. Um, I think, I think Spurs probably also need the break. Um, and people, honestly, I don't have a really good chat for people who don't need the break, except for, for maybe, uh, maybe Chelsea. Chelsea don't need a break because most of their players go in their international break and go into international teams. And Chelsea, mm. they don't want the break. I, I don't think uh, Tuchel would want the break uh, uh, now because he wants his player to be the same. It's just my opinion, and, and I think. That's yeah. what I think. I don't I think, think Guardiola would want the break. Yeah, I think City. I, that, that was the the shout out. Maybe maybe Liverpool too. But no, uh, but but the difference is Liverpool don't have a rotation. So the difference between Liverpool and the rest of the teams is that Mo Salah and Mane and the main guys they play on the Champions League midweek mm. and on the weekend, while Chelsea can have the option to rotate. Man City they have a big squad. Mm-hmm. The difference is that Liverpool they don't. So this is why I think, but it depends. Are the players going to get like tired playing? Maybe Liverpool can talk to some international teams that they don't have to play their players the whole mm-hmm. two or three games. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe Liverpool want a break, but actually if all their players go to play for the national teams, it's going to be a struggle. But but that's from the, the, the teams. I think West Ham might need the break, but... yeah. The team that needs the break the most, I think, is Man United, as you said. It's yeah. just these these people. I know they won they won against Villarreal mm. in the Champions mm. League, but I don't think it was convincing win. It was a ninety fifth minute Cristiano Ronaldo goal, who didn't play great the whole game. They just won the game, and it would have been a disaster to have one point from two mm. games in the Champions League while losing to Aston Villa at home and tying to Everton at home. That would mm. be disastrous for them. But yeah. I think that 95th minute goal from Cristiano saved a little bit of face for them and calmed the fans a little bit down. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, that's that's definitely what, you know, bringing in someone like him is, is supposed to do, right? Like, that's what he provides you, those clutch yeah. goals in those situations. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I agree with your points. I think all the teams that are carrying great momentum right now probably want to keep on going. Your City, you know, your Chelsea, your Liverpool. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's good. I mean, maybe maybe I want to push back on Chelsea a little bit. I mean, they did come off of two back-to-back losses for putting um, Champions League, and then they tied um, – they, they, they had the City tie. I mean, no, they, they actually lost City, sorry. Whereas they lost the City, they yeah, lost Juventus, the and then they won to Southampton. They won to Southampton, but even to Southampton, it was still like a gridlock, right? So something's going wrong with the tactics there a little bit. So I think Tucker would like a, a chance to take some time and figure out what, what, what is going wrong and what he needs to improve on. That, that's my maybe. take, though. Maybe. Okay. I think uh, maybe next week we can talk about all that. Since we, we have no Premier League games, we can talk about who's going to be – what happened in the last seven games for every team. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to thank you for coming in, as oh, usual. Worries, and uh, it was great ch- chatting with you about this week's uh, – I'm sorry, you, uh, uh, the Arsenal didn't win as last week, but you played you played a better team. Brighton is, is a is a stronger team than Spurs at the moment. So, yeah, who so thought you, would be saying that, right? Yeah, who thought that? Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming. Oh no worries, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate uh, you having me on. And thank you all for uh, 
watching us or listening to us and uh, make sure to like the video and make sure to rate us on any platform you get your podcast on. Thank you all. And uh, we'll see you all next week.